Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew finishes his sermon series on the first epistle of Peter, with this sermon entitled, Shalom in Christ Alone, preached March 25, 2018. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to 1 Peter chapter 5, beginning with verse 12. 1 Peter 5, 12, 13, and 14. The title is Shalom in Christ Alone. The Bible says his name is Jesus, for he, that is he alone, shall save his people. How do you know that you are his people? By repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. Otherwise you are not his people and he will deal with you severely. He is both the Savior and Judge. Father gave him all authority. If you have not trusted in Jesus Christ alone, you have no peace, no joy, no life eternal, no salvation. Beyond that, you are under God's wrath. St. Peter closes his first letter to the church with a benediction. Peace to all who are in Christ. Outside of Jesus Christ, there is no peace. Everyone who trusts in Jesus Christ, who came on Palm Sunday to make atonement for our sins by his death, burial and resurrection. Everyone who trusts in this Jesus Christ receives peace. The devil comes to steal, kill and destroy. Jesus came to give us peace. To give us indestructible eternal life. The question today is, have you trusted in Jesus? St. Paul said, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Point number one, faithful Silas. Do you have faithful friends? It's great to have faithful friends. 1 Peter 5, 12 through 14 is the postscript of this epistle. I believe Peter is writing only this postscript. Silas, also known as Silvanus, wrote the rest as Peter was dictating to him. As Romans was written by Tertius, as Paul dictated to him. Romans 16.22 As Baruch wrote Jeremiah's prophecy, as Jeremiah dictated to him, Jeremiah 36.32 Silas was, in other words, Peter's scribe, amenuensis. 
He was also the bearer of the letter to churches in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, located in modern Turkey. Silas also was Paul's companion in his second missionary journey. Silas was a prophet and a Roman citizen. He was a trustworthy brother according to Peter. Are you trustworthy believer who keeps God's covenant even when it hurts? Psalm 15 verse 4. Or are you a covenant breaker? One who confesses Jesus Lord only for one's own benefit. Peter himself was proven trustworthy. And so he was crucified for his faith as Jesus had prophesied. Judas became untrustworthy. So also was Demas a companion of Paul. So we read 2 Timothy 4.10 For Demas, because he loved this world, has abandoned me and has gone to Thessalonica. Will Christ the judge say on the last day concerning each one of us? Matthew 25, 21, well done, good and faithful servant. Come and share your master's happiness. Or will he say, and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Throw him to hell. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 11.26 he faced many dangers also danger from false brothers. Galatians 2.4 he speaks about false brothers. Are you a false brother? St. Peter put his confidence in Silas calling him faithful brother may God grant to his faithful brothers and sisters who will persevere to the end by the power of the Holy Spirit may he grant us all his confidence that we may enjoy our security in our salvation. Point number two, purpose of writing this brief epistle. Purpose number one, to encourage the people of God. The churches were undergoing great suffering as God's people are now undergoing suffering in Nigeria. Peter says 
in first peter 4:12 through 14 dear friends do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you but rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed if you are insulted because of the name of Christ you are blessed because the Holy Spirit the spirit of glory and of God rests on you sir health and wealth and suffering free gospel is of the devil such preachers are described by Saint Paul in 2nd Corinthians 11:13 through 15 for such men are false apostles deceitful workmen masquerading fake acting as apostles of Christ and no wonder for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light it is not surprising then if his servants masquerades as servants of righteousness their end will be what their actions deserve hell such preachers preach a different Jesus a different gospel and a different spirit Galatians 1 Two times St. Paul gives apostolic curse upon any preacher who will not preach the gospel revealed to us in the scriptures and in Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians speaks of suffering for the people of God. It also speaks of comfort to those who suffer. Let me read to you 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 7. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Father of compassions, plural, sir, and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. For just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm. Because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. Nine times the word comfort appears. God is the God of all comfort. In all our sufferings, the scripture and the Holy Spirit and the people of God will encourage And comfort us. If we are true church of God. The second purpose of this entire epistle. Is to bear witness to the gospel. 
In Matthew 28, Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am always with you to the very end of the age. And St. Peter himself bore witness. First, in chapter 2 of the Acts of the Apostles. Men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him. As you yourselves know, this man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, see the boldness. Wicked men put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Friends, we are to bear witness to the gospel by what we believe and how we live, by our doctrine and life, that the elect sinners repent and believe in Jesus and be saved. Because in Adam all have sinned, come short of the glory of God. No true believer is exempt from bearing witness to Jesus who said that we must in the same way let your light shine before men unbelievers that they may see your good works and praise your father in heaven no one is exempt from testifying bearing witness to Jesus Christ God through the gospel saves sons of perdition to become sons of God by adoption do you bear witness to the gospel in your family do you bear witness to the gospel in your family and in your neighborhood By the power of the Holy Spirit, ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Point number three. True grace. The gospel reveals the truth of grace. Jesus prayed, John 17, 17. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. True grace. Let God be true and all men liars. Friends, there is no truth in this world except what is recorded in the scriptures. The scripture alone is truth. The very word of God. It is the true grace of God. 
It is the word of God alone that can be trusted. St. Peter says this in Second Peter 1 verse 20 and 21. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation or inspiration. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. This epistle reveals the gospel. And let me read to you verses that will tell you it reveals the gospel. First Peter 1.12, it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves But you, when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. 1 Peter 2.24 He himself, Jesus himself, bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness by his wounds we are saved we are healed first peter 3:22 jesus has gone into heaven and he is at the right hand of god with angels authorities and powers in submission to him what about you are you in submission to him he has received all authority in heaven and on earth who are you falling blossom mere grass Characterized by arrogance. And he will deal with you severely. He will never tolerate a person who is against him. He declares war against arrogant sinners. Titus 2, 11 through 14. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Grace teaches. Sir, grace teaches. Us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-control, upright and godly lives in this present age. Grace teaches us. Grace is not nothing. Grace is Jesus Christ. And John 1.14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us and we have seen his glory The glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth. John 1.17 For the law was given through Moses grace and truth. Jesus Christ is the source of grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The gospel reveals grace because the gospel reveals Jesus Christ. The eternal son of God who became man never sinned and went to the cross to make atonement for our sins. He suffered the wages of sin which is death that was due us. And he gave us his perfect righteousness in which we stand. The gospel reveals grace God's unmerited favor to hell merited elect sinners. What we need is grace. 
which is God's power to save. Second Corinthians 12:9 and 10, but he said to me, "My grace is sufficient for you, and notice parallelism, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Grace is God's power to raise the dead. To raise people from hell and bring them to heaven. God gives more grace. James 4, 6. God gives grace to the humble. 1 Peter 5, 5. God's grace is sufficient. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. God gives grace to those who pray. Hebrews 4, 16. Jesus is the source of grace. John 1, verse 17. So also God is the father of all grace. First Peter 5.10 Friends, the apostle Peter commands us to stand fast in this true grace of the gospel and not move away from it as Judas and Demas did. So let me read to you Philippians 1, 27 and 28, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I know that you stand firm in one spirit, contending as one man for the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way. By those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be what sir? Destroyed. But you will be saved. You see opposition is a wonderful thing. It gives us the assurance that we will be saved. And they will be destroyed. And 1 Corinthians 16, 13 and 14 You read the other day, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be men of courage, men of the Holy Spirit, do everything in love. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 2, now brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this You are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preach to you. Otherwise, you believed in vain. Stand firm. Believing the gospel of grace and stand opposed to the devil. 1 Corinthians 5, 9, stand against the devil, resist the devil, standing firm in the faith. And stand fast till death, as Peter and Paul had done. Hebrews eleven thirty five and following, others were tortured and refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. They were stoned. They were sawed in two slowly. They were put to death by the sword. 
but the Holy Spirit was resting on them, giving them sweet comfort of the Spirit. Revelation 2.10 says, Revelation 2.10, do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil put some of you in prison to test you and you will suffer persecution for 10 days. Be faithful even to the point of death and I will give you a crown of life. Revelation 12.11, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. See, that's what is going to happen in this country. It abandoned the faith of our fathers. We are saved by this true grace the apostolic gospel reveals. For it is by grace, Ephesians 2.8, you have been saved through faith. And this, not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Thank God for the gift of grace that saves us through faith. This grace is a great teacher. Titus 2 says, it teaches us to say no to sin. And yes to righteousness. Do you say no to sin and yes to righteousness? Then you are saved. Now fourth point, greeting. Peter sends greeting of love from his church in Babylon to the five churches to which the letter was first written. And he uses this expression these churches to which he is writing is called co-elect. Friends, all true churches consist of elect people of God. Romans 8, 29 through 30, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and those he predestined he also called effectually those he called he also justified those he justified he also glorified sir my question then is are you an elect of God if you are an elect you will repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ because He calls you effectually and when he calls you come. Ephesians 1, 4, 4, God chose us in Christ before the creation of the world to be what sir? Holy and blameless in his sight. Peter says, 1 Peter 1, 2, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, And chapter 2 verse 9, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. 
And St. Peter 1.10, which I will be preaching next from Second Peter. Therefore, my brothers, all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. If you do these things, you will never fall. Do you repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you obey Jesus Christ? Then you are saved. You are an elect. An elect will not fight against Christ and against his truth revealed in the Bible. God loves certain sinners, not all sinners. God elects dead sinners. God elects in eternity past. God elects before creation God elects in Jesus Christ our atonement God elects them to glory God elects them to become objects of mercy destined for glory that's why make your calling and election sure Then it doesn't matter whether they kill you or not. Romans 9.13 Just as it is written Jacob I loved Esau what's I hated. Romans 9.18 Therefore God has mercy on him whom he wants to have mercy. And he hardens whom he wants to harden Romans 9, 22 and 23. But if God choosing to show his wrath and make his power known, he wants to be respected by creatures. Bore with great patience the objects of his wrath, prepared for destruction. What if he did this to make the riches of his glory known to the objects of his mercy whom he prepared in advance for what sir? Glory! That's our destiny. So all God's people are elect sinners who became objects of mercy prepared for eternal glory in Christ. We are loved by our triune God from eternity past to eternity future. So nothing in all creation including death can separate us from God's eternal love for us in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the basis of our salvation is the perfect righteousness of Christ our Redeemer and the proof of our salvation is our obedience to our covenant Lord Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. Philippians 2, 12 through 13. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you. To will and to do according to his good pleasure. What great comfort is the doctrine of election. For us in our daily life, in our sufferings, 
and in our death. Sir, if God is for us, who can be against us? Peter also tells the churches that John Mark, his spiritual son in the faith, loves them, therefore he greets them. John Mark was the son of Mary. Acts 12, verse 12. When this had dawned on him, Peter went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. He was born into a rich family. It appears his father had died early. His mother Mary was rich, related to Barnabas, and owned a big house in Jerusalem where the church gathered to worship. In spite of Mark's early failure as a helper of Paul's, later he became useful in the ministry to both Peter and Paul. Church father Papias says, Mark was the author of the Gospel of Mark under Peter's oversight. Number five, holy kiss. Peter commands, it's an imperative. The churches in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia to express their love for one another by means of a kiss of love. Friends, the true mark of a Christian is love to God and love to God's people. The true mark of a Christian is love to God and love to God's people. I mean sacrificial love. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3 If I speak in tongues of men and angels, have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, if I have a faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, And surrender my body to the flames. But have not love. I gain nothing. Sir, nothing. No discrimination. In God's holy church. Based on anything. 1 Corinthians 16, 22. You read recently. If anyone does not love the Lord. A curse on him. And then Paul says. Come Lord, judge You say it is nothing. Do you love your brother and sister this way? 1 John 3, 16 and 17. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him. How can the love of God be in him? And same thing James says in chapter 2, verse 14 and through 17. 
Oh, he says to the poor man, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but there's nothing about his physical needs. What good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by sacrificial action, is dead. Acts 2 44 and 45, all the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods. They gave to anyone as he had need. So also Acts 4.32. First Peter 1 8, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Jesus himself loved us. First Peter 2.24 He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sin. By his wounds we are healed. Therefore, First Peter 1.22 Now that you have purified yourselves, how sir? Believing the truth? Obeying the truth. To obey whatsoever I have commanded you. The one who received authority in all the universe. First Peter 1.22 Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth. So that you have sincere love for your brothers. Love one another deeply. Sacrificially, from the heart. First Peter 4 8, above all, love each other deeply. Ask yourselves whether you love one another deeply from the heart, as Christ loved us and died for us, making atonement. Friends, let me tell you dead orthodoxy. I was reading a book. What is the name? Knowing the Times by Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones he speaks, maybe he coined it dead orthodoxy dead orthodoxy, let me tell you what dead orthodoxy is dead orthodoxy is cursed orthodoxy it is a cemetery not a, not a church where only those born of God people worship in spirit and in truth Jesus speaks of dead orthodoxy. Revelation 3.1 to the angel of the church in Sardis write, that is to the pastor of the church in Sardis write, what is it? These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive. Activities. All kinds of activities. But you are dead. Think about it, sir. Shocking statement by Christ, the head of the church. Friends, I and my wife, Gladys, were brought up in a revival. We know and we knew how people of God loved one another sacrificially. Friends, Father, Loves us. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes on Him should not perish but have everlasting life. 
husband, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And we all must confess we have sinned. Galatians 5.22 But the fruit of the Spirit is love. And Jesus says in John 13.34-35 A new command I give to you love one another. As I have loved so you must love one another. By this all men know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Holy kiss. Churches in Kerala used to practice holy kiss during revival time. Holy kiss, says St. Paul. Kiss of love, says St. Peter. Romans 16, 16 says, greet one another with a holy kiss. And you read it. The other day, 2 Corinthians 13, 12 says the same thing. Holy kisser. Expressing unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. We have seen it, sir. Brothers kissing brothers on the cheek. And sisters kissing sisters on the cheek. Declaring we are one in Christ. No rivalry. I am of Paul, I am of Apollos, I am of Cephas, I am of Christ. Justin Martyr of 2nd century says, Kiss of love was customary part of a Christian worship service. Number seven, benediction. Peace to all who are in Christ. God's people need peace. As they experience persecution, sir. I was reading Forbes magazine. Billionaires are listed. You think one person is a Christian? And the answer is no. Phony peace. Peace that money gives, security gives, and the big house gives. $112 billion, the richest man. Boy, they must be very secure, very happy, very peaceful. It's a lie. They must die. Must die. They will die and must die. Friends, God is God of all grace. 1 Peter 5.10 God is also God of peace, Romans 15.33. Friends, grace is the mother of peace. So Peter connects grace and peace in 1 Peter 1.2 and 2 Peter 1.2 and says grace and peace be yours in abundance. Friends, let me ask you, do you experience This divine peace and grace from God daily in abundance. If we experience God's grace, we will also experience God's peace. And the peace of God will guard our heart and mind as we face persecution and even martyrdom.
John 15:18 and 19 If the world hates you keep in mind it hated me first If you belong to the world it would love you as its own as it is you do not belong to the world but I have chosen you out of the world This is why the world hates you but he said this John 16:33 I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Yes. And Saint Peter understands what he said. Peace to all those who are in Christ. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. John 14:27 Peace I live with you my peace I give you I do not give to you as the world gives do not let your hearts be troubled do not be afraid peace of god that passes all human understanding will guard your heart and mind in the middle of the night in Christ Jesus without faith in jesus christ your sins not forgiven you are not justified you have no grace and no peace wrath of god abides on you you have no peace isaiah 57 verse 21 there is no peace for the wicked saith the lord and jesus said in luke 10 5 and 6 when you enter a house first say peace to this house shalom salvation to this house and if a man of peace is there that is an elect sinner is there your peace will rest on him if not it will return to you so i say this lord's day to you repent and believe on the lord jesus christ and you will be saved to those in christ i say may grace and peace be yours in abundance as you live for god's glory in repentance and faith amen and amen heavenly father we pray that you apply the scripture to everyone who heard This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Grace Valley Christian Center is committed to the unchanging truth of the Holy Scriptures. We have been proclaiming the whole counsel of God since 1974 through our weekly worship services, our website resources, and our publishing ministry. For more information about our church, to find more edifying sermons, or to order books by the Reverend P.G. Matthew, please visit our website at gracevalley.org.